Yeah. Well, hey universe. The Samsung Galaxy S4 is no more. Well, I mean, it's more. More broken than it was last week. Oh, I guess Phoebe's eating. Maybe I'll pause till that's over. Well, now she's drinking out of the toilet, so breakfast is over. Hey, yeah. Um, so there's 30 seconds of life I can't give back to you. Sorry about that. And um, yet it's been a good half hour of getting stuff done, including the nutritional intake of one Boston cream pie Pop-Tart myself. And I don't know if there's a worse feeling after swallowing a bite than the one you get after eating a Pop-Tart bite. And of course, if you like Pop-Tarts, whatever. I'm not here to tell you that's wrong. Um, do your thing. But they have deteriorated in quality in just the, what, six or so years I've been enjoying them um, to the point that I don't even know if they're food anymore. They're more uh, unrecognizable compared to anything natural than even the donut. Which, yeah, that was my birthday dessert. A six-pack of gas station donuts of the chocolate variety. I will admit that even if I were if I were sentenced on death row and having my final meal, to not consider the donut as my final dessert would be a mistake. Now, I'm not saying that's where I would finally come to terms with the last morsel of food one would knowingly eat in one's life. It's funny, I, I have pondered that actual decision way more than I should have. I wonder if I've made it at one point in a past life. I bet I have. <laughs> For what would I have been sentenced to death? Boy, I can imagine a hundred things. And maybe, ultimately, that's why this situation is now all my fault. Maybe I'm karmically paying back for misdeeds in my past. Maybe this is the one round I've got to get it right. Sometimes it feels like that. Not in a morbid or diabolical, well, perhaps unknowingly diabolical. I don't know. I'm wandering. And I shouldn't. There's no time for wandering. Well, I mean, there's a whole lifetime for wandering, I suppose, but not today. Hey, look at that. I uh, just did the uh, same bloop, bloop, bloop that the old Galaxy S4 used to do on this super snazzy, what is this thing? This is the Pixel version 2. I don't do version 1s, but version 2. Pixel 2, my new phone. To some of you, you would think that's absurd. But to those of us who treat phones like we treat, um, boy, what do I break more than phones? Promises? <laughs> no, because I never make promises. But what do I break more than phones? I have to break something in my life more than phones? Shit. That's disappointing. Um, 
That's how much I break phones. So to own a Galaxy S4 and now move to a Pixel 2, well, yeah, it's 2016 all over again. Um, but as long as the phone works, takes calls, can get me online, and will record these silly diatribes while it's doing the work I need it to do. And if it will do it without having all that unnecessary blip, 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 well, then that just improved my life, and I didn't even know it was happening. So thank you, Google, for once. Well, I mean, there was a time Google wouldn't. I loved you. But you became an abusive, domineering presence in my life that, frankly, I don't have time for anymore. Which is why I've even quit really Googling stuff. I mean, the results are stupid. You're just trying to sell me something. So if I Google, what does the equation describing the speed of light look like? Well, you'll try to sell me a t-shirt that says, I'm so stupid, I don't know what, how fast light moves. Right, Google? Uh, so, I guess, I don't know if that part's my fault. I've never been intellectually incurious. Is that even a word? Maybe. But I've certainly never found peace in material items. If anything, buying stuff makes me feel bad. I mean, big stuff. Like, do you need it? Do you? So, now I don't own a car. I don't own much that I couldn't just walk out the door and never miss. I have one of those all-clad skillets. That thing kicks ass. I would probably save that if the house were on fire. I have a jacket I really like. I would probably not save that if the house were on fire. I'd probably forget about it. Um, and some mementos that would mean something to me if they disappeared, but the times that they memorialize will never be taken away from me. And in fact, in some ways, I think I've come to realize that if you're not willing to say you're living for this, then whatever you're dragging around from the past isn't allowing you to express what you're really supposed to be doing with your present. And I don't know, I, I'm, I live around the extremes in this particular arena between those holding on to too many things from their past and those purging things left and right as if there's no connection to what has occurred previously as if constantly trying to lose the connections to anything historically relevant lifetime relevant yada yada like you don't throw out your high school yearbooks I don't care where you are in life. Those are mementos you lug around. Or do you? It's a legitimate argument. And, um, <laughs> and one on which I'm probably 5149. And I actually wrote that on my note board that I keep on the wall of my bedroom. 
because I have come to realize how much of my life I live in that 5149 situation. Where, yeah, okay. I mean, if you ask me what's my preference in salsa, I'm going to say super hot. But it's not like I don't enjoy mild. Hell, I even get medium now and again. So, where do I sit on the salsa temperature scale? All over the fucking place. But, if we're only going to eat one for the rest of life, I'm going to say, let's make it the hot. And, yet, if all I ever eat is mild salsa the rest of my life, does my life change that much? About 2%. And, so... If you're kind of built for that 5149 dichotomy of life, where you can always not only see both sides, but both sides have appeal, even if you can just baseline appeal that being the dictator of the world would have some advantages. But 98% of it would be the sort of self-devolution of spirit and mental capacity that would turn me into the kind of person who needs to be put down. So the, yeah, but think of all the good food you'd get to eat. Part of it just doesn't have enough traction to push me toward pursuing the outcome. So in those situations, it's easy to say, yeah, no, no, I don't want to be the dictator. I don't even want to be the leader of the PTA. So <clears throat> I'm convinced that my belief in singular leadership ascension, well, blah, 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 doesn't make sense. Always by committee. Always by committee and by the power of one to be able to say, hold on, y'all aren't making sense. So that there is an avenue for the voice of reason to rise among the, the congratulatory hmm, missteps that the group can make without having the ability for that voice to ring through. I really don't even know what I'm talking about now, but what I'm doing wandering in this area is trying to come to terms with apathy. And it's, it's not that you don't know what you want to do next. It's that as you move through your maneuvers, you're always in some way recognizing if I had to do a 180 right here, what advantages have I left open that could help that swing in the need it should go down? Why am I always preparing? To have to up and drop everything and reorganize my life immediately. Like, it's been there 
somehow like tinnitus my whole life. I've always been ready to do a 180 if the system forced it. And <clears throat> I don't know, maybe that's just being a nervous Nelly or something. Or If you were a dog, you'd be a Vishla. One of those skittery ones, probably. But I started thinking about faith and all the nuance involved <clears throat> just in the concept. Like, how do you, are, is faith manifested from within? Do you develop faith? If you're developing it, is it incremental? Are there certain milestones upon which you have gained levels of faith? And, and can you lose faith then incrementally? And do you finally achieve full-blown faith? Because faith is belief without direct evidence. It's knowing from within. It's the idea that I can't tell you why I'm right. I just know I'm right. Or at least to me, that feels faithy, faithish. Faithfully driven by internal triggers that could all be goddamn nonsense. But they feel real enough that, goddamn it, this is why I say it's true because I have faith in it. Ha ha ha. 5149. It's hard to have faith in anything if you're 5149. Right? I used to have faith that the religious were morons. Or I didn't have faith in that, did I? No, I believed it. I had evidence. You think talking bushes full of flame exist? Or other levels of nonsense to which I just couldn't even in the well, yeah, but it, it's all just metaphorical. I mean, nope. Baloney. It's all baloney. There are structured, reactionary, cause and effect laws of nature that we, thanks to the delusion of consciousness and self-awareness, are tiptoeing around with some guise of morality as if, blah, 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 we mean so fucking much to the universe that we're in touch with this thing called God. Well, y'all just seem like a bunch of self-important numbskulls who would rather latch on to fantasy than delve into the stark reality of existence on 8675309 Earth. I mean, it was easy to dismiss you. And I, I still believe 99% of religion is manipulation at the structural level to hurt us into predictable and corralable behavior. But 
the God thing, I shouldn't have been so quick to dismiss. <clears throat> but to be fair, to be fair, I hadn't fully come to terms or even appreciated the scale to which the folly of man and I want to say man here I do not see the folly of woman like I see the folly of man now <clears throat> well but I was dismissive of religion the whole time so it's not like I couldn't see the absurdity of us but I, I thought we were walking through that right I thought we had post the Renaissance, had come to see that myth, superstition, legend, fable, that of nonsensical historical derivation, whatever jackal-headed humanoid form the Egyptians put on their walls, well, Obviously, they weren't walking around, so it had to be metaphor. Right? But still, what's up with all that weird shit, right? Why, why would you go to the extreme level necessary to engrave granite and even harder materials on Earth with a bunch of bird-headed, cat-headed pictures of humans paying homage to 20-foot demigods, or so it would appear. I mean, you built that pyramid, you put up that sphinx. Okay, maybe the sphinx's head was something else and has since been changed into the vision of a human. Maybe. But how would we know, right? I mean, we don't get anything truthful out of our history. We're all a bunch of goddamn detectives trying to put together the scene of the crime. What happened here? Look at these clues. What do they tell us? How did we get to this circumstance if these positions in time that our historical record has revealed had to happen? How did we get here? Even just the story of our ascendancy to the position of <clears throat> well let's see there's another one at 950 so if we miss the 935 showing we can get into that 950 one yeah yeah so if parking sucks I'm still willing to drive around and find a free spot because there's a second movie okay are we agreed or I don't want to go yep how do we get to a position in time to a, an evolution of spirit, soul, and consciousness that we can argue about times for movie showings versus value of 
parking money spent. How'd we get here? Well, that question, I didn't ever even want to ask. How'd we get here? It's irrelevant, right? In the long run, it is. Who gives a shit? You're here. And if your purpose of being here is to figure out how you got here, then you'd be driven by that instinct in every single instance. Oh, but we are driven by that instinct in every single instance, are we not? Well, I don't know if driven is fair, but does it not live in the subconscious ether of our thinking processes at all times? Yeah, but what the fuck am I doing here? How the hell did I even get here? Is that existential dread not an underpinning of everybody's base life? I think it is. I also think I have to pause. The true downside to the pause button is I forget what the hell I was talking about. Because, oh, my head is just so full of, it's like when you look inside that closet where they keep their records and their filing cabinet, every single drawer is just overstuffed to the point it's so disorganized just on first glance that you know there's, a, there's a, an investment of just structural recalibration here to figure out what's even here. That's what it feels like in my head. So when I hit the pause button and go find peace with God, well, I can't remember if I was talking about God or talking about dog. Hey, dyslexic joke. Yeah, I stole it. But again, it, there, there's no stealing a thought. There is only the crescendo of constant consciousness development that comes with that thought having influenced my thought, which now has influenced your thought. So is that theft? It seems more like paying it forward. Although I never saw that Haley Joel Osment movie, so if I'm wrong, the movie reference was irrelevant, obviously. Paying it forward. That's just the energy of life, of being alive. Unpause, pause, pause, unpause, pause, and all that stuff. Unpause. But the beverage wouldn't hurt. Ah. Okay. Tangy mango. Um, the, the idea of what got us here is so persistent that I think civilizationally, I'd say it's the one problem maybe we're all working on collectively, whether we have addressed it as such or not, it still sits there. It still gets attention and it still gets momentum generated from our innate desire to answer the most basic of questions. Why am I enduring this? And this time, enduring might not be a strong enough word. In what twisted, 
mentally deficient mind of oh my god kind of power did some demented little teenage fuckface decide to put self-awareness into an equation of computer-generated simulated reality where some goddamn program has enough wherewithal to say why am I here? Or something, right? But if it's a program, do you literally program into the self-awareness code itself the desire to discern the source from which self-awareness has sprung? Are you that twisted? Well, then it's just chance. Goddamn worst dice roll of universal consequence ever. But, bada-bing! This silly bang-bang-bang of hydrogen atoms into lead and gold eventually some billions or trillions or thousands of years later collides enough matter to create self-aware bipedal humanoid fucked ups they've got the instincts of an animal and the wherewithal of a god come watch this chaos go down maybe that's why all the UFOs are here I don't think it's coincidence that the arrival of mass sighting phenomena coincides with our deployment of planet-wide destructive weaponry. I mean, if you want to get the galaxy's attention, one way to do it is to show that you're willing to blow yourselves out of existence. Because the galaxy looks at you and thinks, Ah! You can't be that smart and be that dumb at the same time. Oh, wait, you're in that galaxy. Oh, God, you're in that solar system. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. We'll be right there. Ah. Yeah. We'll be right there. You already blew up your fifth planet. You destroyed the atmosphere on your fourth planet, and now you're going to take the most beautiful planet in the entire galaxy and destroy that too? We'll be right there. Oh, and we thought we could leave you without a babysitter. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Don't you feel like you want a babysitter? Isn't that the worst part of it? Well, you know, I'd do a lot better if I wasn't just here figuring shit out all by myself. You know, there's nobody else in this head with me. <sighs> and yet, there's no babysitter. I mean, if intervention is part of the game, could we be crying out more that we need help? Are nuclear weapons not 
fucking needles hanging out of our arms as we walk home from prom? Huh. So, if God exists, where the fuck are you? Well, in your 20s, that'll lead you straight to down nihilism lane until you just don't think anything has any fucking relevance whatsoever. There's moral code because, what, I can't see myself murdering somebody without the guilt that comes with that being so suffocating that I can't live with myself? I don't know. It doesn't seem like where it comes from. It seems like I came here knowing I don't want to kill another human being. I don't want to kill mosquitoes, but they've earned it. Other than that, though, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like morality is something that I negotiated through my filter of what I can manage experientially without driving my own self insane. I think I knew better than those actions before I even hit the floor. So you start looking for the source of that morality or what, what, is, what is that Obi-Wan Kenobi shit that makes sense? I mean, how do you have knowledge that feels like memory? When gained, you think it's almost as if you've uncovered a piece of that, that hmm, hidden diagram underneath. You just, you don't even know how you did it. But you feel as if you gained something you already know. Maybe that's what morality is. So you, you dig into science, you look for genetic tracers, DNA, all that mapping of the double helix. It's fascinating stuff. I mean, it's the kind of place where my life, had I had any common sense, should have been dedicated. The unlocking of how mechanisms in both our genetic code and our mental patterning, I mean, oh, talk about a time to be alive and be doing science. Figuring out how we think. Figuring out what it is that makes us who we are. Those basic questions. Well, I didn't have enough <laughs> of any of the peripheral necessities to succeed in science as a career. That doesn't mean I'm not fascinated by the progress, the questions. <sighs> They're soul-filling. Now, what's a whole foundation of belief 
of faith that we have finally navigated through the sludge into a pristine laboratory of possible analysis. Well, that might have been a little more faith than I should have envisioned because, well, sloppy humans are involved for one. <clears throat> you know those guys that like to fudge data reports? <laughs> Maybe copy off their neighbor's paper? Maybe didn't have the time to get this done last night because I got totally wasted <gasps> with these two women who frankly made it worth my time. You know what I'm saying? Those guys, those motherfucking guys, those locker room goddamn talking, insecure little machismo driven fuckfaces, well, they're involved. So we know science is at least a little tainted, right? Because if humans are running the experiments, well, then humans are fucking determining how they want these things to look. Therefore, their myopia will lead them to all kinds of mistakes. We're human. Hmm. Well, then let's get the fucking humans out of the equation, right? So here we sit. In literal existential dread. Why am I here? To make mistakes. What are we doing about it? We're getting rid of the humans. Oh. Wait, we are? Well, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, then I'm definitely not stopping smoking dope. <laughs> uh, yeah. Existential dread indeed. Anyway, I'm not, and, and, I'm not one to, to shy away from the darkest of realizations. I really don't give a fuck if in the next 17 seconds I come to the conclusion that, oh, in fact, this is the line to the guillotine that I have not gotten into but need to. I might be in every possible way looking for what solutions to this current dilemma of immediate dread exist, but I'm not going to turn away from the immediate dread as if not seeing it is better. If I have 17 seconds to figure something out, well, I've already wasted seven telling you this, so now I have nine. I don't know how close we are to the negative tipping points. But I feel like we're so close to the positive tipping points. And I really do feel like we're sitting somewhere in that 5149, could go either way, zone. That, well, I'm trying to 
find a way to build back a reality in which I haven't lost my faith. <laughs> build back a circumstance in which I don't think I'm alone. I believe humans in, in cooperative, collective, consciously driven patterns are, are magnificent. And I know these things. I've lived them. It's like I'm remembering the power it is to be collectively ascending. And I can feel the gap, the hurt, the deadening of life that it is to go through that Walmart check stand the one where they sell the lighters. It's always the same woman working. She just has the emotional facade of endurance. Every time I see her, it's like nobody's life should be reduced to having to endure a circumstance so that the dribble of existence that comes from that deadening of who you are can get you to one more day of just enduring life. I don't believe chasing profit has worked out. I'm officially 98.2 on that one. And I don't know if I'm ever any more than 98.2 on anything. Because as good as 98 is, if I'm not willing to always think, how could it be better? then I know somewhere I'm not being myself. Because despite whatever emotional overrun I'm experiencing, I do think things everywhere, everything, every single thing can always be approached from the view, how could it be better? And I guess if I think this world is all my fault, well, I can't ask anybody else to fix it. And this one guy, well, I can at least do what I can. to make the lives around me and my life better, right?
pay it forward. So, here we are, the last day of June. 363 days till my next birthday. My next six-pack of donuts. But, there's not a way that I've ever figured out to insert myself into the bigger picture so one person one conversation one extended handshake one opportunity for just that dialogue that makes you think okay what do I really want to get out of my life What do I really think matters enough that my energy going forward has to subconsciously at a minimum, if not consciously, be driven by these undercurrents of who I am? Just like that, why am I here question. Just like that, where do we come from question. Just like the, what is all this remembering things that I'm learning, feeling as if I'm connecting to previous versions of myself. Well, if I'm a self-aware piece of programming, boy, that sure does explain a lot of it. But it doesn't change anything. Still means I gotta be at work in 45 minutes. I got a dog that slept through this episode without snoring. Hey! And, well, I got Lily in my garage. And as much as I'd like to blame June's hiccup on Lily, that's not fair. She's not worthy of finishing this episode. So... Until another day, Lily go away. Oh, how I wish that would pay. If I do what I say, then go away, go away. But John will be back to play another day. <laughs>